man. There's a beverage here, huh? Does anybody here know how many times I've had to watch Funny Lady? I'm gonna get that gun of mine, and I'm gonna change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Hey, everybody. How's it going? How you doing? It's another episode of Who Shot Ya? Episode 188. And let's get y'all excited because, look, I'm about to talk about a movie with my friends. So it's time for me to introduce you to thems. First up, we have Christmas Zaddy himself. It's almost Christmas in July. Alonzo Duralde, what's good? Oh, the countdown is on, Ify. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, as we as we reach the end of the pandemic, I think we are all sick of people telling them, oh my God, you have to watch this show. This show is so great. This show will change your life. I'm going to be that guy, and uh, I'm finally on the Ted Lasso train. Ooh. Yeah! Believe the hype. Um, Ted Lasso is Paddington with a mustache, and if somebody had just pitched it to me that way, I would have watched it ages ago. Um, but it Football is, is life! It is, it is, it is uh, just a, a lovely show. It's hilarious, but it's about kindness, and I think we all need a little more of that in our lives. Uh, I was just telling Dave, like, the two new shows I really embraced during all this are Ted Lasso and Letterkenny, and I think they, they both sort of exist in this universe where people take care of each other, you know? And, um, yeah, it's just a delight, and if you have to get a free week of Apple TV+, Plus, I would say watch Ted Lasso, watch Wolf Walkers, and watch uh, Sofia Coppola's On the rocks get your money's worth out of that free week but watch ted lasso it's great Ooh. i love that you love it it is so <laughs> great and it's the one show that i know my parents would love so much <laughs> and i also know my parents are not going to get apple plus because it would require them getting like a new television or a thing <laughs> we already have enough of those services yeah <laughs> It's a bummer. I, I watched it all the way through. I'm now watching it a second time with Dave. Oh, I've seen it probably three times. Football's life. Yeah. 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 No, I need to get on that train. I only hear good things about it. Oh, I still haven't got fun. You to get it. to still yeah. watch it. Okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that second voice you heard doing that A1 spot on Minnesota accent is the queen of the Midwest herself, Drea Clark. What's good? Oh, yeah, it's good. I'm in Los Angeles, but I'm still good. Um, Speaking of different places, I'm never good at segues, but what's good with me, uh, this week they made the majority of the Louvre went online. So if you are not able to get to Paris, they have over 480,000 different artworks that are not only online, but they're organized in ways you can do interactive maps to tour it. Um, You can, there's curatorial exhibitions, there's thematic sort of collections. They have everything from sort of like uh, Egyptian antiquities, French Renaissance, like, but then they also have a whole thing of sort of pieces that are like remnants of colonialism and have questionable like Nazi ties. So they all have historical context and all this great stuff. And if obviously travel is still tricky right now, but Paris is not real accessible for a lot of people here. So regardless, um, take advantage. There's a lot of museums that have been doing online things, but this is enormous. I mean, 
It's that like is very cool. So yeah, I just so pulled many it up things. And, yeah, you know, I'm I'm ready to jack in. The, uh, yeah. the one the one time I went to Paris, the Louvre was still overflowing with people who had their little um Da Vinci Code guidebooks. No, stop. Yeah, so I was like, pass. But uh, this has sounds I much better. I would have given anything for you to instead have covered yourself in like albino makeup. <laughs> And chased them around. Flagellated myself in a hair shirt. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I want that all the time anyway, but yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's exciting. But what's even more exciting is our next guest, which is a friend of mine, which means we continue the tradition of Casey writing a Kurt intro and me dumping on way more shit like writer and host of How Did This Get Played? You have seen this person on Whose Line Is It Anyway? This is a comedy legend. When I was coming up, we knew this person. Oh, yeah. Every time, don't worry. Every intro from me will make you uh, mad. Uh, <laughs> comedy legend, but this is true. Every Everyone was talking about Heather and Miles stormed the stages, and then Habeki Drysdale stormed again because this is the combination combo a fellow weeb and nerd myself the reason that i am not the only person with a gundam in the background of their zoom right now the person who personally got me to check out evangelion even though i'm all about skipping the popular animes this is none other than heather and campbell what's good hey hi hi this is oh man this is great i have a i have a paris story that i wanted to chime in with i love i love paris a whole bunch love 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 uh, but I, I usually travel on the extreme cheap, like the extreme cheap. Uh, and I've gone to Paris three times in my life, never paid more than like $300 for an airplane ticket to go there, which usually means I get routed through like nightmare places. Like I think I flew to Poland, which was bef- beyond Paris from California, and then flew back to Paris in order to get that cheap ticket. But one of the times, one of the three times I've been there, I stayed in a apartment that was still being built. So <laughs> so they they had one finished unit, and that was the unit that they were Airbnb and the rest of the building was under construction. And if you opened the door to uh to the apartment that I was staying in, um in the hallway was just a bare toilet that the construction guys were using as their toilet. And they also hadn't installed any hot water heaters in the building yet. So it was the middle of winter. I was ice ice water to bathe in. And I would open my door a little bit to look to see if somebody was shitting. <laughs> Amazing. To see if the hallway double WC was in play. Yeah. Five stars. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. But, I mean, I don't think I spent more than a hundred bucks on that oh. apartment for the week. Like, it was like, well, how yeah. can this be so cheap? That's they should have like paid one. you, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were testing. You were doing some free QA for that. Yeah. That <laughs> oh, wow. That, yeah. No, I, I, I like trying to find the cheap uh, travels, mostly because I'm that guy who's like, I want to really 
get out there. I need to get like I'll be on a I'm cruise just in the room I'll, to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> like I'm trying to see the sights. Take me to a cab to your darkest place. Where's Sean Kingston? Show me the slums where the killers get hung. Shouty, take me there. Uh, you know, uh, I I I, lo- I love it all. So I'm I'm the same way. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm psyched you brought up Sean Kingston. Because I know that's always what's good with you. <laughs> uh, anything other than Sean Kingston good with you? If oh, uh, what's good with me is I was going to run and grab it, but I'm also too lazy. And also, I realize I have coffee that I'm going to grab on the break. But I have I finally cracked open a bottle of uh, of, of Skywalker wine, which is from <gasps> Mark Hamill's uh, winery that someone got me for my birthday. And I was like trying to decide if I keep it or drink it. But I like tasting things. I, I'm definitely not like I was like. I, like I'm a guy like as a sneakerhead I wear my sneakers I'm never the collector I'm pulling the toy out the box I'm gonna play with it I'm picking up Godzilla I'm gonna make him fight the Gundams I like I, I that's just the collector I am uh, so I cracked it open and it was good and I made some bruschetta last night it was great uh, yeah I, I was real real fancy oh, boy. so classy uh, yeah, yeah. so, so yeah bruschette. really yeah yeah blue bruschette for uh you know a little taste so feeling good also the real what's good i bought a bass i'm trying to learn i don't my biggest regret in life was that i never knew how to play an instrument other than like drums and i felt like it was just too nigerian i was like i gotta i gotta get learn how to play something else i can't be like yeah i played drums at the nigerian events i need uh i need one so i picked up a bass and it's been fun i've been playing using this app called musician that listens to your um listens to it through your phone and it just kind of gives you the tabs and uh yeah I've, i've like it like i'm actually playing music and i feel proud of myself i'm hoping you mean a stand up bass yeah yeah Ooh. Uh, Ooh, i wish so i wish i've uh, no lie alonzo growing up i always thought that was the coolest instrument in the world because i was in a play where they had me use a cardboard one and i was like this yeah. is the way <laughs> like you yes. you look the coolest daniel kaluuya pretended to play one on saturday night Live. i was just gonna bring that up <laughs> i had a hot flash yeah. yes oh yeah hands down coolest and bring back the stand-up bass probably never went away there's gonna be a musician real mad at me and i apologize in advance i was gonna say poland is already angry now we've got the jazz people after us it's just this episode's already off on a... oh you know it's almost like it'll be them v us because today we're discussing godzilla versus king kong and of course we'll answer a call from the who shot line and we have our staff picks but first it's time for our new segment it addicts short for is this important do i care each of us will read a news segment and answer the question, is this important? Do I care? First one up is Jamie Kennedy kind of accidentally starred in an anti-abortion movie. In the recently released anti-abortion propaganda film Roe v. Wade, Jamie Kennedy stars as real-life abortion rights advocate Larry Leader. For those who aren't familiar with Kennedy's oeuvre, he's a comedian who's most famous for his roles in the Scream movies, his own show The Jamie Kennedy Experiment, and the movie Malibu's Most Wanted, a movie that would have been a staff pick for Teenage Iffy. In a recent interview with the Daily Beast, Kennedy says that he did not realize that he was starring in an anti-abortion movie when he signed up for the role. He says that he accepted the role because he doesn't get offers like that very often. I thought it was an important story, and to be honest, I got offered the role. It was more a dramatic part and a real offer, and so I did some research, and I knew there was a lot of stuff we were walking into, but in other parts of Hollywood, I have to read, 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 and this was a nice offer. 
Kennedy claims that the producers of the film, Kathy Allen and Nick Loeb, showed him quotes and information that backed up the facts being asserted in the movie. To this, Kennedy responded, they said everything in this movie was taken from books. Whether they took some liberties, I don't know. I didn't fact check everything. Is this important? Do you care? This is, I mean, there's a lot of actors you don't think of as like being in the brain trust and <laughs> Jamie Kennedy might be their leader. So it, I, yeah, this tracks for how I see him making decisions. But I also like, where where is her? his reps where That's, are his yeah. reps in this yeah. story like, like if 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 i was given an offer to star in an anti-abortion film i feel like my team would be like hey maybe <laughs> this isn't a good call like <laughs> yes, the angle on this because we actually read it yeah is exa- not that's exactly great. yeah what i was gonna say is like Every time I get something, my reps have already read it. And, be, and sometimes they're like, mm, I, I wouldn't be mad if you passed. <laughs> it's like, so like, it's so weird that, he, yeah, he got this. But it's so, it's almost like endearing because I definitely get that feeling of being like, I'm the goofy comedy guy and I get this dramatic role. Like he probably thought this was going to be an Oscar bait type joint, you know, like Roe v. Wade. And little did he know. Uh, he was, was finally getting to make the Tom's Hanks path from comedy to drama that he always envisioned for himself. I I do love this interview. I mean, like Marlo Stern talked to him for the base, the daily beast. And and he just basically like brings the receipts like, okay, well this movie says this and this and this, and this is not true. And, and Jamie Kennedy, like to his credit, rather than try to like hide behind a wall of things or blame somebody else or not do the interviews. Like, yeah, man, I didn't know. I, you know, I, they told me it was true and I believed them and I really wanted to be in a drama. So, you know, so I, I at least admire the kind of frankness of like, yeah, I fucked up on this one. Um, and, and I like that, you know, th- there were some uh, right wing news outlets that were sort of like, oh, Marlo Stern, like, you know, corners him and attacks him and blah, blah. And it's like, if you read the interview, it's very much like it, it's just really it's the receipts. You know, it's very calm and very kind of direct. And, and Jamie Kennedy answers the questions. And so I thought it was a hell of an interview. I wish more celebrities could be this forthright when they fuck up. I feel, I feel like and look I don't I don't ever want to disparage somebody else's career this I don't know Jamie Kennedy I haven't seen anything that he's in all uh, except I guess his scream movie uh but like if you're approached and you're like given this big opportunity to be in a drama and you're Jamie Kennedy I feel like one of the questions you should ask is wait why why me in this moment like there must be like (laughs) there must be something else going on here like I'm not Tom Hanks I'm not like this isn't nobody should be approaching me to give me this huge break into the like into the Oscar world I feel like the answer here is this is important but I don't care. Is that oh, like? Good. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I think you. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um. All right. James Cameron. Um. He is currently working on four sequels to Avatar that all of us have been clamoring for. Uh, in a recent interview, and this is my favorite. Please pay attention to who he was speaking with. In a recent interview on the podcast of the former spiritual advisor to Oprah Winfrey show and one of our favorite recent Democratic uh, primary (laughs) presidential candidates, candidates, Marion Williamson, he enlightened listeners with his creative process behind the scenes. Casey, roll the clip. 
So when I sat down to, to, to write the sequels, because I knew there were going to be three at the time was the plan, it eventually turned into four, um, I put together a group of writers and I said, all right, I don't want to hear anybody's new ideas or anybody's pitches until we have spent some time figuring out what worked in the first film, what connected and why it worked. And so, and they, they kept wanting to talk about the new stories. I said, we're not doing that yet. And so I eventually had to threaten to fire them all uh, because they weren't, they were doing what writers do, which is try to create new stories. I said, we need to understand what the connection was. We need to understand that we need to protect that, that ember, that, that flame. I, I could literally do a whole podcast about James Cameron. Uh, oh, for sure. Um, and actually, I had us for one of our retro things rewatch Avatar because I was like, I still don't understand how this movie's remained so successful. However, in light of this uh, treatment of the writers, is this important? Do you care? Uh, it, it is important, and I think this is, a, in a way, as revelatory as the Jamie Kennedy interview in terms of, like, this is the thing that people think they can do when they make a sequel, which is find that that magic sauce that made the first movie a hit and then just reconstitute that sauce and serve it up again. And it's like, if it were that easy... The Sting 2 would have been as popular as The Sting, you know? Like, I'm trying to think of, like, just disastrous oh, sequels. You can, well, my favorite, it's I. It's one of my favorite movies, but Grease 2. Grease 2, if you compare to Grease, you can track the exact, you're like, all right, we need, like, a sort of, I need a duet that has a lot of sexual sort of <laughs> wordplay in it. Um, We need a gang song that's going to inspire a sort of dance battle we need like it is like and yet if you the tonal difference like there's so much there it is this funny thing and of course james cameron thinks that like what and, oh, and, the release and, and avatar so good. Let, let's Go not, ahead, let's not forget that the titanic got a million oscar nominations but not for screenplay this is not his wheelhouse well what's what's <laughs> here's here's what's also incredibly baffling about this is that james cameron is responsible for two of the most successful sequels of all time aliens and terminator 2 True. like and they're both films that said okay this is how the first one worked now, what if it worked a totally different way and expanded on all the rule set? So the fact that he's not following that for Avatar is crazy. Like he knows how to deliver a seek when they were like, oh, he's making four avatars. I'm like, holy shit, he's going to turn this idea four different times. Like the next one, we know that the next one takes place underwater. And I'm like, okay, so he's going to do like an abyss version. And like, I get that. Like, okay, there's going to be kind of monsters underwater. But then he must do something where like the Navi like inhabit human beings and 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 they're like doing some kind of like asymmetrical warfare on earth inside of human bodies. And then the like- but he's well, just like, why did it for, work? <laughs> but in his defense, he might still do that, but he might be breaking it down to this like Excel grid of, okay, <laughs> so when the Navi go into the humans, they need to have this philosophical reaction, this emotional reaction, this physical, like it's, it's that such a- That mirrors what we already did. <laughs> yeah, it's such a clinical way to look at storytelling- the reason um, that film I, made so much money was because it was the first good 3D movie. And it came <laughs> out in a weekend when nothing else came out. Like, that's why it did so well. It is still making money, though. 
somehow. <laughs> All I know is what I would like is to just get like, if there's like a live stream of those writers when they go home every day and talking <laughs> to their partners or their roommates or their parents. And they're just like, oh my God, like I was hired to do. And then today, all I did for a day was like, write a checklist of how many times um, someone makes eye contact with the the Pegasus thing they ride around on. We had like, to watch Avatar three more times today. <laughs> I Look, I get the tone. I can read the room here. I understand what's happening, but I am unapologetically excited about the Avatar sequels. And I think they are going to deliver mostly because that dude has not not delivered yet. Like he made a movie about blue giants. Yeah. As his follow up to Titanic. And it yes. made more money than anything has ever made. Like, <laughs> no, I, I was yeah. more excited about it until I heard this quote. I'll tell you that. Much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to see it. I, but yeah, I like mocking. Sorry, Ify, go ahead. Oh no, I was saying. Here's the thing: as long as he has giant mechs in it, I'm a, I'm a bit, I'm a fan. I'm an easy man to please. Use a use a use a boat as a bat. I'll I'll say your movie's perfect. Uh, <laughs> We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll be talking about Godzilla versus Kong. So stay right there and get ready to hear about two titans. So we're going to break in here. Once again, we have some support coming from our buddies at Storyblocks. Storyblocks is dedicated to being the world's best royalty-free stock media subscription service with an ever-growing library of stock assets, including music, images, sound effects, and more. They have affordable subscription plans and tools. And with Storyblocks' unlimited all-access plan, you can get unlimited downloads of everything in their library. And even if your subscription ends, everything you've downloaded is yours to keep. In 2020, Storyblocks launched Restock, an initiative to increase diversity in their library. Storyblocks is committing to having 20% of their footage with people contain black, indigenous, and people of color by 2022, with plans to expand their scope to include more underrepresented groups in the future. Ooh, yeah. Uh, yeah, if, if you've been like me, searching for stock video, stock images, and needing, uh, you know, uh, different people of color, a little diversity, you know it's been hard. So that's a amazing step in the right directions. It makes me happy to be working with Storyblocks. All right, I'm happy as well. We're all happy here. Uh, you can explore their library and subscribe today at storyblocks.com slash who shot. That's storyblocks.com slash W-H-O-S-H-O-T. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we host After Game Show, a podcast where listeners submit games and we play them regardless of quality with a dozen listeners from around the world. We've had folks call in from as far as Sweden, South Africa, and the Philippines. Here's an example. Uh, this is a game we've played called Cotton Candy Chicken Nuggets, where you have to sing any eight-syllable phrase to the tune of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You have an example, Manolo? Yeah, here's one. Little baby turkey turnips. Oh, nice. Thanks. Dr. Game Show has new episodes every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun. Check us out. Please.
Welcome back to Who Shot Ya? I'm your host, Sifty Whiteaway. In the studio with me are Drea Clark, Heather Ann Campbell, Alonzo Duralde. And today we're talking about Godzilla versus Kong. Alonzo, would you mind providing us with a brief synopsis? Sure. Uh, okay, so. <laughs> Uh, Godzilla has been uh, keeping it chill for a while, but suddenly he's on the rampage, at least when it comes to the uh, the corporate uh, uh, manufacturing plants of a company called Apex, which means they aren't up to no good at all. Uh, the guy who runs Apex goes and gets uh, Alexander Skarsgård to get uh, Rebecca Hall to get Kong to lead them to the center of the earth whence all the monsters come for reasons that, of course, wind up being nefarious. And then blah, 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 science, Kong and Godzilla throw down in the middle of Hong Kong and a special guest from this universe uh, makes his first appearance. Ooh, yes. That was nice and tidy. Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, was, that was, I mean, they should hire you for the description on HBO Max because <laughs> it made sense of a thing that often on its own, on its own merits did not tell you what was happening. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, I think we have to kick this off with the most important question, which is, was there enough Godzilla for your taste? Hell no. <laughs> wow. Interesting. You give Godzilla top billing and then you push him aside for all this Kong backstory. Oh. We don't we don't get the Godzilla roar. We don't get the Godzilla musical theme. It's like, wow, you've invented fan disservice. <laughs> I, I i i have so i took a bunch of notes while i was while i was watching this movie and one of my notes is this movie was billed as godzilla versus kong and so far it's just king kong's road trip because like that was like they you follow him for through into the middle of the planet back out of the planet like it's not it is it is a kong movie it's not a godzilla movie um which is also strange given how the matchup works out. Yeah, I, all great points because I was, I was that was the one thing that brought me back because I was kind of seething the whole movie because they did such a hard pull for which for like they did this strong push of making Godzilla seem like the bad guy and then way deep into like the second act is when they're like but maybe something else is going on. I was like, what's going on here? Well, except for, I, again, I can comfortably say I am the least knowledgeable in this area. Um, <laughs> I've seen all of the sort of, the last, there were like three the Godzilla MonsterVerse. Yeah, I've seen all of those, but, and then a sprinkling of classics, but I'm not deep into the lore. For me, it was pretty on the nose that when, like you get Brian Tyree Henry playing this like nebbish like podcaster conspiracy guy and cuz if you're he, a podcaster in a movie you're like a fucking weirdo always. well i mean they're not wrong fair enough like i yeah, have I was a like i was like ah, they I got get it. It. they got to nail me yeah, okay. yeah so they have Brian Tyree Henry playing the iffy role and <laughs> But so, like, the first thing you see is he sees, like, an eye. Like, he's already telling us that there's something nefarious going on with this company. There's this sort of eye thing. So, for me, it was never, like, Godzilla was just being, ooh, oh, maybe he's a bad guy. I mean, they're monsters, so they're all 
bad guys my bigger element you guys i have How so many you? questions about hollow earth i was like <laughs> why is there sunlight why is there sunlight in the center of the earth and they kept their whole thing was like this is great we need to i still i'm like i still don't it was very um obtainium based like or <laughs> unobtainium unobtainium <laughs> or vibranium james cameron's unobtainium, james cameron's unobtainium. <laughs> part four <laughs> yes like that they were like oh so the bad guys want to get in there to get this power source that's in the middle of the earth but they need what it just seemed like you guys work smarter, not harder. I, what kind of team do you have that you can only access things via help of monsters? I don't... What? Well, you know that it doesn't take place in our reality because anytime anybody listens to podcasts, they listen to them on speaker mode on their phone. <laughs> so nobody's got headphones. Which is the crazy... Immediately in the movie, I'm like, what? there has never been a thing that somebody did with technology that removed me <laughs> harder <laughs> than Millie Bobby Brown walking down the street, holding her phone yes. in front of her and listening to this yes. QAnon podcast about... <laughs> monster about titans yeah <laughs> i again the, the hollow earth no yeah i i really got so hung up on that and then also so bummed out i mean like just to be at the end their whole thing was like they disrupt kong whom i like i liked him from the last thing our whole he has he's sentient we learn he can speak because of course there's like the most beautiful little angel child who is deaf and has like sign language communicated with him. And, you know, we've seen him both. We've seen him be, um, what word am I looking for? Like empathetic and protective sure. of certain people. Yeah. I appreciate it was a child this time. It took apart, took away any of the pervy sexual connotations that he's had with some of the other like women that he's connected with. I, I just, I'm sorry. I just had a weird thought, but I mean, I don't want to cut you off. Weirder than Kong having a pervy sexual attraction to a, human a women? Bit. Well, the child, the child is like, like one of the last people from Skull Island who, you know, like has this whatever symbiosis with Khan going on but Kong Skull Island lest we forget is set in the waning days of the Vietnam War and this is now set now because you know it's the golden age of podcasts so uh, wouldn't the last person from Kong Skull Island be like 40 now well but they say that okay they say that she her family was wiped out by the storm and we see that there's a storm on Skull Island this 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 film really breadcrumbs you to major plot points <laughs> like you can't you can't just be ex you can't expect to know what's happening you have to infer a lot more. so they were like they were like her her family her family was all wiped away when the storm came and she was the last survivor so apparently there were people living on skull island that we didn't get to see and they have only recently been extinguished by a terrible tropical storm that does not have an explanation either like we know True. that he's protected in like some kind of dome but but they don't they're not like hey this typhoon won't leave because mothra is creating a storm it's just this storm won't ever leave skull island it's it's well, There's they also, so like, my last remembrance of Kong, right, was the, was what Alonzo's talking about, was, like, the Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, that was however many years ago. <laughs> and 
And then I had a lot of questions. I was like, when did they make this Truman Show globe? Thank you. Did they bring the what? Huh? Like the money that... Okay. How okay. Can, how does Kong see this child who is the size of his thumbnail? Okay, so, well, here's... I got questions. More questions about the child. So this, this woman has, I guess kind of adopted her and has her yeah. and yeah. forces her to wear traditional clothes. She cannot wear Those... any American clothes. She, she must, we, we must know she's <sighs> foreign. Uh, uh, oh yeah. And like, she's free. It seems like she's just free to roam the like, uh, cerebro chamber for, yes. uh, for Kong without any surveillance because okay, they're just learning. You. They're just well, learning that she knows how she's been speaking. They've been having full on conversations. Yeah. The child <laughs> and Kong when there, there's this big reveal uh, that this child has been communicating with Kong in sign language and she didn't tell her like adoptive mother because Kong didn't want her to. And all I could think was that the Truman show hunger games, cerebro <laughs> dome how strange that with all the tech, they didn't put a single camera in there. Like, <laughs> well, like, none of these, none of these companies have secure. Like both, both the company that's holding Kong and the company that's going to the center of the earth, they don't have security and they don't have shareholder meetings. Because there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's no justification for secret expenses. Like you're, you're, you're watching. Billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars of unjustified expenses. They're like setting up that they're going to go to the center of the earth, but they never have a shareholder meeting about it. Like there's never like it's a surprise to everybody who comes in contact. Like if Elon Musk was like, I'm drilling to the center of the earth and it's going to take a few years, but I think, I think there's a power source there. When Elon Musk is like, <laughs> I'm drilling to the center of the earth. Yes. Well, so but it's. Nothing in the film makes any sense. We, I mean, if we come to it that way, why is Kong so big? How did he get so big? Like he's a, the f images we have of him in our collective unconscious is climbing the Empire State Building, not pushing it aside like a bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. How, <laughs> yeah, that's how big he is. <laughs> Now, look, I, and I'm sure there are people listening who are like, you know what? I don't care about the plot. I don't care about the characters. I'm just here to see these monsters fight. And that's all I want out of a Godzilla versus Kong movie. And the monster fighting is just kind of okay. Like, what? Oh, come on. No, it's great. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I, 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 was, I was not super into it. I, I have to say. I, uh, I, <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was much more visceral than I was expecting. But so once, you know, once they both make it to Hong Kong, um, you know, and if you're wondering, uh, no, uh, someone, oh, the kids get there because Hong Kong, you know that I got my globe out to see if Pensacola, Florida <laughs> was on the opposite side of Hong Kong and close enough. I mean, <laughs> wow. So, and then it's all this just nonsense of how they're traveling. Like, so they're also going through the center of the earth. It's in just, you know, why not? Like it's the quickest way going, I hear. They're going through the center of the earth on a totally different technology. They're using, <laughs> Oh, they're doing, like yeah, they're in like a pneumatic tube, like yeah. at the bank. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. So wait, can we, oh, can we go yes. back to the center of the earth thing, which is so they've, they do all this establishing of like how there are, there are holes in the ground. And if you go into the holes, 
holes, you'll end up in the center of the earth. And they'd show a schematic of the earth with the earth being hollow <laughs> and all of these like spider web tendrils that lead out to the mantle. But then when they jump in the hole, they go through a stargate and like there's a full 2001 style sequence of like lights and like space time warping that is not necessary on any level given what they've already established. It's it's baffling. I, uh, in terms of the fighting, though, I will say like right when they get there. Right when Kong gets to Middle Earth, that's when I was like, oh, visceral. He gets there and immediately destroys three creatures. And it's so bloody and so gross and really just not a great way for him to introduce himself as a guest to this space. That I was like, oh, that's not how you make friends in your new land, man. But then when he and... It's like God's, in prison. you got to shiv the most powerful guy there. You know? I guess. Well, but how, I, when he and Godzilla... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go oh. ahead. Go ahead. Go I was just going to say, when so he much. and Godzilla start fighting, it felt... I felt it, it felt very tactile and very brutal. And the more they fought, and I was... I did have a nice sense of, like, the scale of it, the, the pain of it. Like, it seemed... As much as I was like, I don't understand. I thought that one guy was radioactive, but whatever. But... I was like, oh, he's got more teeth and more. Now. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen Godzilla teeth in a movie. Oh, really? I kept just all I kept thinking about once they started turning into the battles and then the mecha, which I'm sure we'll discuss, was boys are so dumb. Like this whole thing is just dominance. And how fucking boring is that? Like, are you kidding me? That's really what it's coming down to. Like, I'm the best guy. No, I'm the best guy. Me, the best guy. Like, Oh my god! Oh no, I'm I'm all about it. It made enough sense for me. I love that they just beat each other's ass, Sim p p p open and close. They're they're both big, big monkey, big lizard, and they beat each other's ass. Oh, makes sense to me. <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me. Boys are uh, dumb. Uh, why, why can can I ask a couple other questions <laughs> oh, that we may not do. have time to address, but just ask them? Yeah. One is why who. Who built the room where Kong hangs out in center or in the center of the earth? Uh, like, why would you put a door on that room if it's just for Kong? Like, why? Why he's got like a seat and like a a, a rack it's a to hang his weapons? Yeah. Um. So that's that's crazy. A weapon. Uh, and also, is there isn't that the whole thing of like how you know humans are evolved was like the building of weapons and his yeah, like weapon, in two thousand one, right? Is that he's built an axe out of the scales of another Godzilla or the sorry the previous kong like whatever his ancestor that was in this throne room yeah my my Good second questions. question is uh is um what were the characters names because i don't i don't think i know any of the characters names <laughs> um so that's important to me uh that's another question also are movies just video games now? Because it was, this felt to me like a series of fetch quests. Yeah. It's like, you have to go to X in order to get this thing. And in order to do that, it's an escort, it's an escort quest. So we have to go with Kong because he's the only one who, like it, it didn't, it felt like plot as a chain as opposed to a build. Yeah. By the time, can we spoil the final bad guy? Sure. So by the time yeah. Mecha Godzilla shows up, 
it's not solving a problem that has been presented. Like it's not like not no piece of information fits a whole. Instead, it's just chained to the last piece well, of information. I it's mean, a crazy movie. It, here's the thing. Like if, if the premise is, oh, Godzilla seems to be randomly acting out, but it's like, no, it's not random. He's attacking Apex because he knows they're trying to build Mechagodzilla and they're using the head of Ghidorah or one of the heads of Ghidorah to do it. And then, also doesn't make any sense. And then, which is nuts, but you can go with that at least. And then Kong is just stepping up because he's the only, uh, the, the, the wants to be the alpha or something. Like, you didn't have to go to, to the center of the earth for this. You could have just made it about Apex and the robot and then Gorilla and Lizard fight each other and then fight the robot. And that's a movie. I mean, I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I really liked Godzilla King of the Monsters, the, the last one. You're not this, a weirdo. I loved it. In yeah. this cycle. Yeah, I love it too. I, to me, it felt like the closest an American movie has gotten to sort of nailing what's fun and interesting about the Japanese movies. And it did not do well critically and it did not do well financially. So you can tell they're like, all right, we're not doing that again. So let's just be fucking stupid, you know. This, I... I loved this. Okay, my complaints aside, I ha- I'm I will be watching it again. That's how much I enjoyed Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong. Like I just, I can't. I I was so satisfied, and I loved the fights. I I mean, I might fast forward through the people stuff. Yeah, because like I don't care as much about the people stuff unless they're interacting with the monsters. Um. Yeah. Okay, so well, are we going to vote? With yeah, that, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, with that, let's jump right into the vote. The way we rank things on uh, on the show, even though, you know, it's we're, we're going to have to change it soon. It's slowly creeping back. I'm pricked up. Uh, but our final review, I, I got vaccinated is what I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, our final review, would you snap it up on physical media, the number one, uh, stream it, or skip it? And what would you say, Heather? Well, if I could screen it, I would totally screen it. Like, if I could see it in a movie theater without worrying about my death, like, I would see it in a movie theater for sure. So that, what does that translate to? That's snap right. It up on physical media. Snap it up okay, on physical Okay, got it. Media. Okay, great. Okay. All that's right. My, that's my review. I mean, weirdly <laughs> enough, I'm... I'm a skip it, but I'm also, if I could see this thing again in a theater, I probably would just because I think I would be much more forgiving of the nonsense of it just for the spectacle of it. And since I haven't set foot in a theater in, you know, 13 months now or whatever. Uh, but uh, beyond that, though, like if it's if this is just a thing of like, you know, watching it on HBO Max or whatever, uh, skip. Um, I am a stream it. I think there's a lot, there's fun stuff in here. I didn't love it so much. I would like to see it on a big screen, Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it had more hits than misses, but it did have some misses. I will like to shout out to a, but they have a great cast. That's really sort of background characters. Julia Dennison getting to play like Mm. not a little asshole in this was a delight. (laughs) Um, I love him from like Hunt for the Wilder People and he's great. Um, Brian Tyree Henry I always love. Um, Yes, so I I ended there. Also, come on, dominance dorks. Find something better to fight about. (laughs) 
look, I, I, I'm, I'm fine for two kings fighting to see who is the strongest, thickest boy. And with that being said, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm literally waiting to place uh, this movie between Godzilla, King of Monsters, Godzilla, Godzilla, Shin Godzilla, uh, Godzilla 1998. Walk with me. Uh, which was, uh, you know, Stairway to Heaven with P. Diddy uh, on it. Uh, oh, my God. Great, great, great. Probably one of the greatest soundtracks of our time. Uh, but, yes, I'm a clear, clean, snap it up on physical media. I can't wait to snap it up. I can't wait to buy all the merch. Uh, and let's get some more monsters, you know, because if you don't know, this movie ends with Kong ending his chapter it seems like he's going to the center of the earth but godzilla's like i'm back in the water because i still gotta fight uh you know all these other monsters that we have to run through and i hope we get to space godzilla oh, if, this space- is, if, if monsterverse doesn't give us a destroy all monsters i for oh. one am going to be very disappointed yeah yeah please please there's so many more monsters the pollution monster <laughs> Let's get Hedera. Yeah, yeah. See, you've never been sexier on this pod. I just want monsters to join Kong in Hollow Earth because he's still by himself, even though they led him down there saying he'd find family. Yeah, they they did kind of bamboozle our boy, uh, but he did get to eat monster juice. Uh, That was a good sequence. All right, y'all. We're going to take a quick break, uh, but we'll be right back after we hear from another show for Maximum Fun. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You guys have been with us for a while. You can probably sense that we're people who take mental health seriously, both in ourselves and the people we care about. Um, It has certainly been plenty to have your brain in a mix over the last year. But uh, also there's just things that people carry with them their whole lives, regardless of what else is going on. Um, If there's something that's interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals, then this is a way to unlock that and to speak to a professional to help you work through it. Yes, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WhoShot. That's BetterHelp. And join the more than 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And as a special offer for WhoShot you listeners, get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash WHOSHOT. Hey there, beautiful people. Did you hear that good, good news? Something about the baby Jesus? Mm, he's coming back. Or do you mean the fact that <laughs> Apple Podcasts has named Fanti one of the best shows of 2020? I mean, we already knew that we was hot stuff, but a little extra validation never hurts, okay? Hosted by me, writer and journalist Jared Hill. And me, the Ebony Entrantress myself, <laughs> <laughs> Travel Anderson. Fanti is your home for complex conversations about the gray areas in our lives, the people, places, and things we're huge fans of, but got some anti-feelings toward. You name it, we Fanti. Nobody's off limits. Check us out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your Slayworthy audio. 
All right. Welcome back to Who Shot You. I'm your host, Ify Wadiway, and in the studio with me are Alonzo Duralde, Heather Ann Campbell, Drea Clark. And now it's time to listen to a call from the Who Shot line. Casey, play that call. Hi, this is Kay, pronouns she, her. Uh, I'm calling. I'm a big fan of the show, and I really enjoy your guys' insight. I'm a filmmaker myself, a writer, aspiring director. And right now I'm writing and developing a revenge film. And I am looking to watch as many revenge films as I can. And I feel like I've burned through a lot of the more obvious ones and even some of the deeper cuts. So I'm looking for what are all of y'all's deep, deep, deep cuts for revenge films. Extra super bonus points if they have a queer element to them. Uh, but yeah, I want to hear what is the sweet vengeance of all of your faves. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for making the show. All right. Yeah, no, that was, uh, thank you for sending that in. I'm going to just tell you right away, snatch that aspiring from the front of that. You are a director and a writer because you're doing it. It's as simple as that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, this one is definitely an Alonzo Drea question because you added two deeps to deep cut because, you know, my, <laughs> I was going to go for the easy ones. <laughs> it was, I was, you know, uh, I do so, think it's important though because for other people, like I want to give Kay some guidance so that she can find us maybe something from us that we haven't but for other people who are like oh that's a cool subgenre i could get into i think it's okay if we do a little broad sprinkling obviously i think it's very important we can all agree that one of the best revenge stories ever is barb and star go to vista del mar (laughs) um and uh if you think i'm wrong please go watch it um and snap that up on physical media um I'm assuming in her list of what she's been watching already would be like, like spaghetti westerns are so deep with revenge mm-hmm. stories. Though there's tons of those to explore. There's enough of those that you can even, uh, you know, avoid Clint Eastwood if you're someone who likes to avoid Clint Eastwood. <laughs> um, and then um, I had a few. Well, I have a bunch because I'm me. Um, but I was like, ooh, deep cut. Well, then you know, you get your. Your Ingrid, your Igmar Bergman, um, the Virgin Spring, Spring sure, yeah, yeah, right, like that's a good. Um, and then I was thinking of uh, Pam Greer's Coffee, um, because ah. she does a whole, and that has like a, um, there's not a queer element to it. There's a female centric side of it that I like that's different. Um, I have others, but what do you guys have cooking? Oh, well, you know, I was going to go with the, sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save the good ones for like, <laughs> I was going to go with the easy, which is like, I feel like any, 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 uh, you know, uh, person is going to kick it off with old boy. Uh, yeah, old, yeah. Mm. That's the whole Vengeance trilogy. The- yeah. Uh, so yeah, every all three, I can go ahead and give that a whirl. Uh, but I was just gonna my my joke one was gonna say, uh, you know, if you want to see, you know, what you know things you can't avoid and not do, watch Tyler Perry's Acrimony. Uh, <laughs> that'll that'll give you that'll that'll break it up, give you a nice little ha ha while you jump back into revenge. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, the, the 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 obvious, obvious, obvious choice here is the recent film Revenge, uh, which I think we <laughs> did on this show. Uh, weirdly, I mentioned already in the program, uh, The Sting, which, you know, is old enough now that people may have forgotten it. It's about a 50-year-old movie at this point, but has one of the most, uh, not not revenge in the bloody sense, but in terms of the just screwing somebody over and getting yours from somebody who did you wrong, uh, has one of the most sort of elaborate cons ever constructed to get revenge on somebody in a movie. I'm a big fan of it. Um, I think for um, an option that has, oh, I'm hesitant to say queer element because it's not even fully sexual, but it's definitely a revenge that's in an unusual vein. And that is Alonzo's best friend um, made the skin I live in that I would put (laughs) as like a very sort of long con kind of thing. For sure. Uh, Jeremy Saulnier's Blue Ruin, I think, is a great modern one. Um, Hard Candy, which I actually had as a staff pick a few weeks ago. Um, Jennifer Kent's follow-up to The Babadook, The Nightingale, which is a rough watch, but beautifully made. And um, it's 100% a revenge story. Um, And then, (laughs) I don't know if you ever saw Walter Hill made a film called Johnny Handsome, with oh, Mickey yeah. Rourke and Morgan Freeman. That's kind of a random, deep, um, a deep cut, but kind of a good watch. And then the last one I had is um, a movie that I programmed at Slamdance years ago called The Dirties by Matt Johnson, who's a Canadian filmmaker. And it is um, a, this, oh, this all sounds crude, but he does it really well. It's um, a black comedy drama um, about these kids who are bullied in school and consider becoming school shooters. Um, oh, wow. That has, yeah, so it's more of a high school aged revenge thing. Hmm. Heather, did you have any that I didn't just yeah. like talk over you on? <laughs> I have my joke answer and my serious answer. Yes. Yes. My joke answer yes. is uh, Steve Jobs, uh, the movie, uh, which contains, <laughs> contains the line, when did... Uh, you start building the Steve Jobs revenge machine. So <laughs> the movie is a revenge story about him getting back his company. But nice. the real answer that I have is a uh, a deep cut from 1992 directed by Ringo Lamb and starring Chow Yun-Fat. Uh, it's a film called Full Contact, mm-hmm. and it is an excellent but extremely macho uh, revenge movie from like the heyday of Hong Kong action film. Uh, I love it, and I'm I I date women, so like, does that count if I'm recommending <laughs> it? <laughs> yeah, we'll accept that. Uh, I don't know that there's a speaking female role in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Almost positive that it's just dudes like yelling at each other and shooting each other. But it's a, it's a really, really good uh, revenge film with a montage where somebody trains in order to get revenge, oh. which is one of the Ooh. best things you can do in a revenge That's movie. That's such a good point. I mean, I, mean, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, but it there's the guy getting revenge has been shot in the chest. Like it's not like it's like a big revenge film. Um, I, I, yeah. So full contact. I don't know where it's streaming or I think I have like a, 
VHS copy of this movie. Sweet. I don't know where. <laughs> so yeah, seek out your own VHS copy of yeah, Full you know. Contact. And look, if Brian I'm, De Palma's Carrie isn't a queer enough revenge uh, film for yeah. you, then check out Kimberly Pierce's Carrie. Maybe it will be. There you go. Double <laughs> queer. Yeah. Oh, I just looked it up. It's on Amazon Prime. So you can oh, watch perfect. it. Perfect. Like, it's not like, yeah, all right. And on iTunes for $3. <laughs> all right. But thank you to everyone who submitted a question. We're running low. So, you know, uh, please call in with your questions uh we have a dap dry ass phone line and we need it to be whapped uh the number for this wsy 803-1664 like i said if you want to stop hearing that joke you gotta call in all right now it's time for staff picks it could be any movie at all alonzo why don't you start well, this one is opening in theaters this weekend, uh, but I think a lot of people are getting vaccinated and a lot of theater chains are reopening in a fairly responsible way. So if you feel like it, you could go see this. If not, wait and catch it streaming. It's fine. Uh, but this is a new movie called Voyagers. Um, uh, it stars uh, Ty Sheridan and Lily Rose Depp and Finn Whitehead and um, Colin Farrell. And it is set on a future Earth. And of course, we fucked up the environment. And we have to go find another planet for people to live on. They send an expedition out to this planet that they think is going to work, but it's going to take like 68 years to get there. So not only are are the people going to be stuck in a ship for that long, but like they're not going to live to see the, the, the planet. Like their grandchildren are going to be the ones to do it. So they create an entire crew like genetically in the lab and they are without telling them they're drugging them all to sort of tamp down their emotions tamp down their response to pleasure one of them figures out that's what's going on stops drinking the stuff and then you've suddenly got a spaceship full of like hormonal teenagers going nuts and uh, it gets real interesting um you know it, this is not a movie i had great expectations for but it's actually really entertainingly a little bit schlocky but i mean it's got some interesting ideas it looks great there's a real sort of you know it's the opposite of claire denise high life it's a very sort of slick cool blue you know spaceship kind of thing and the performances are good and you know i i, I was shocked at how much i was digging it. it it's it's a glorified b movie but it's very good at that so yeah check it out voyagers all right. Uh, what about you, Dre? You got anything? I'll go. Yes. Yeah. I actually mentioned this last week, so I incepted myself with the idea <laughs> of my staff pick. And um, it is the from 2016 Colossal, uh, directed by Nacho Vigolando, uh, starring Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. And she plays a an alcoholic um, with codependent problems who's moved home mostly because she's lost everything um and it's a black comedy and it but it also has a monster element because while all this is happening it's basically you're in this small town in america while these monsters gigantic kaiju monsters start appearing in soul and then there's a connection that you discover maybe between um anne hathaway's character and the monster and yeah so it's really humane Look at these, but it's also funny and dark, and I dig this movie. I think it's got so much going on in so many levels. Yeah, it, my my. Weirdly enough, my review popped up this week in my like Facebook memories, and uh, yeah, it's a very cool movie. And you know, if you would like to see a movie like Godzilla vs Kong that has kaiju, but unlike Godzilla vs Kong, has human characters. 
you might enjoy this one. Yeah. Heather, do you have a staff pick for us? I do, though it's totally, completely different from what we've just watched. Um, All good. And and uh, when I watch kaiju movies, I always think about the people on the ground and like what a nightmare, like a what an incomprehensible nightmare it would be, and how to truly capture like the ruthlessness of a kaiju world would be like human beings in constant terror. Uh, And a film which I feel like evokes a constant terror uh, of warfare is a Russian film from 1985 called Come and See, which is one of the most brutal films I've ever seen in my life. And I have the first paragraph from Roger Ebert's review queued up here so that uh, you guys can get excited about this as well. It is said that you can't make an effective anti-war film because war by its nature is exciting. And the end of the film belongs to the survivors. No one would ever make the mistake of saying that about Come and See. This 1985 film from Russia is one of the most devastating films ever about anything. And in it, the survivors must envy the dead. If that doesn't make you excited about seeing a movie, (laughs) uh, I will never watch Come and See again. But you should see it once. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's solid. That's it's solid. Uh, currently streaming on the Criterion uh, channel app. Yeah, yeah. All right, mm-hmm. Ify, what are you going to follow that up with? Oh well, you know me. Uh, always something simple. Uh, you know, uh, you know. Once again, uh, you, uh, another homie has released something. Uh, so full disclosure on that. But uh, Bad Trip actually surprised mm-hmm. me. Uh, I was, I, I, because like you would think it's just like a gonna be just like another like kind of pranky movie. But one thing I always like about Eric Andre, because I was talking about this with friends, because I'm not the biggest fan of prank content, but I think the best thing about Eric Andre's pranks is his pranks make him look dumb and it's just everyone's reaction to him being dumb versus the prank kind of like making the other person looks dumb but also with this movie it does two things that is really cool one it weaves together a narrative story throughout these prank stunts that they're doing and it's not just pranks but they're also doing like story beats that are using real people for heartwarming moments like when there's a moment where he wants to decide if he goes after the girl and he sits on this bus stop with this very real man to ask if he should chase after this girl and he's like honest he's like man if you're in love you know uh, you gotta go after it and it's like really I think especially right now when we've been stuck inside for so long and seeing these like real human interactions and people being sweet to each other it's really nice Uh, there's one i think my favorite one is with a uh with a waitress there's a waitress interaction so it's not just pranks it's also just like real kind of conversations with people around the country and and yeah it's it's real fun it'll make you laugh uh gorilla scene was my favorite you'll know what i mean when you see it (laughs) it's it's just too good is it is it it weird for me to say that i helped write that movie no, uh, it's not. Oh, no, that's awesome. Congratulations. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, I, I wrote on the Eric Andre show for uh, a couple of seasons and uh, was brought in to do a little work uh, on Bad Trip. And it was just a fantastic experience. And yeah. um, Oh, good. Yeah. Like, what a bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> what a bonkers, wonderful uh, film it is. It's, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, now you got one other reason to go check it out. Yes. I'm telling you. It's, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it was a treat. All right. Heather, 
thank you so much for joining us. Is there Woo! anything you'd like to Yay! plug before we get out of here? Uh, I mean, listen to How Did This Get Played, please. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Heather Campbell. And be sure to tune into, I think, the 2023 season of Rick and Morty, uh, yeah. which is when my first episodes will start appearing. Uh, nice. And I'm very excited Ooh. about that. Um, yeah, yeah. That's it. Ooh, all right. All right. Well, before we go, we have a small favor to ask. All of us at MaxFun are asking our listeners to tell us what this show means to you. So what does our show mean to you? We want to hear from you. Tell us why you like us. It helps us to better understand what about this show works for y'all. So please write an email to memberstories at MaximumFun.org or call us at 323-601-8719. That's 323-601-8719. This number will also be in the show notes for this episode. So please call in. And if you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at Who Shot Your Pod, and our Facebook group can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Who Shot Your Podcast, or send us an email at Who Shot Your at MaximumFun.org. Our producer is the Casey O'Brien, and our senior producer is Laura Squisher. This is a production of Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.